Hey, Sally. Hey, Gabby. Hey, teacups. Hey, teacups. How are you? Um, I thought of a name for our haters as well, oh, Sally. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like I have an idea where this is going. It is tea bags. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you um, were going to say that. The other alternative was that tea bags would be our our mailbag. Oh my god! Be, let's reach into the tea bag. <laughs> reach into the um, tea bag, which I guess could also be for the haters. I mean, it depends. Like, do we have haters yet? We might after this. Oh, episode. probably. We might. <laughs> I, I'm surprised we didn't after last episode. Yeah, frankly. I know. Well, I just assume it's going to happen. But anyway, yeah, we have we what we expect will be a two-parter yeah. this time. So I think that we should dive right into it. Yeah, I think so too. I really wanted to use Sally's actual music industry expertise for once instead of just complaining. We do love complaining. Yes, and do. I'm sure that there will still be some complaining in this in these episodes oh, because we, we simply can't not. No, there's so much to complain about. Just constantly. Constantly. There will be complaining. However, mm. there are a lot of changes coming imminently mm -hmm. to Spotify, a yeah. platform that I think probably all of us use. Yeah, many of us. And that I honestly like I've been so grateful for for like all of these years. Like I actually really love Spotify. It's my boo. Like I love it. And like that's not a that's not something that as music lovers, it's like kosher to say. Mm -mm. Right. No. I mean, especially right now because of all of the recent news about right. um, the changes to their like royalty model. Which is exactly what I want to ask about. <laughs> because as much as I love music and talk to people about music and curate music mm -hmm. and I'm like super up on new music or, mm -hmm. you know, I'd like to think that I am. I haven't super been keeping up with industry news. Yeah. And you do. Yeah, I'm, I'm a nerd about it. I analyze it a lot. Which is awesome. Let me actually back up, you know, for my benefit as like mm -hmm. the stand in for all the teacups today. Mm -hmm. Okay. And let's actually talk about what the actual changes are and all the glory of Spotify, like how they do royalties mm -hmm. now, how they will be doing royalties after this change. Yeah. Like, let's talk about all that. So first, before we get into the actual changes, uh -huh. let's talk about what Spotify does today, because I think you said that these changes are imminent in maybe a month rather than right the second. I think they're starting in February, but I don't remember. It's like very soon. Okay, let's say what they did up until today, mm -hmm. up until 2024. Let me do a quick, quick breeze through of what Spotify has been doing up until today. Okay. So how did Spotify pay their artists until 2024? Mm -hmm. You're going to correct me if I'm wrong at any point, yeah. please. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they have a distribution model called a pro rata distribution model. Mm -hmm. How that works is that there is a big pot of money that comes from all of the users like us, like me, yeah. who pay them monthly subscription fees. Mm -hmm. And all of that money goes into a massive pool. And then the pool is paid out to artists based on the popularity of their tracks. Meaning like the, um, the more times it's, it's streamed. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, the more popular the track, the more money it generates. Mm -hmm. So like kind of as simple as that. Um, every song is eligible to earn royalties as long as they are played over 30 seconds. Yeah, that's right. And that's kind of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the model. I would say that that's, that is true. That is the model. And then I wanted you to tell me a little bit more about that model because I think 
people are under a misconception that this is unique to Spotify, that this is like something Spotify invented, and that is not true. Right. I think that a lot of people are upset about learning about the pro rata model, but um, the fact is, and the truth is, that that actually has been the royalty model since... I mean, since the beginning of time, basically, like it's not proprietary to streaming or to Spotify at all. That's basically like the traditional way that royalties are paid out to artists, labels, what have you. Right. You said generated. And that is actually I hate to be like weird and pedantic, but that is actually like a word that really kind of bothers me when people are having conversations about royalties is, is using the word generated because what it does using that word gives people the impression that this amount of money is actually just kind of generated out of thin air. Mm-hmm. And that it kind of just like appears as magic and that 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 money doesn't come from anywhere else besides like the stream itself, which is right, right, not right. the right way to kind of look at this. And so I can't get I don't want to get too like super technical or super granular about royalties. Sure. Because there are like a bunch of different kinds. So I'm just going to give you like a very, very basic example companies, businesses, what have you, any place that plays music, like what they're required to do is pay a license to Mm -hmm. the rights organizations. You know, I'm not, I can't get too much into that. Like a licensing company. Yeah. And so what they're paying for is they're paying for the use of said music that is like registered or, you know, the copyright is like licensed to whomever. They're paying for the right of use. And so there's a big pot of money, or I'm going to call it a pie. Sure. Okay. So there's like a big pie (laughs) of money and that amount is what has been paid into for the right of use. What that means in the pro rata model is that logically it makes the most sense that whoever is paying for these licenses is only paying for what they use. Right? Right. That makes sense. You know, like that's, that is the reason. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's so unfair that only the most popular artists Mm -hmm. get this certain amount of royalties or whatever, you know, but like it actually is fairly logical in the sense that like if you're paying for a license and that license is giving you right to use and you're using these songs and clearly those are the ones you want to pay for. That makes sense. And again, we will go into that further as we as we keep going into like the actual changes. Mm-hmm. And before I get to again, like the comparison yeah. of exactly what Spotify does and what they will do like imminently, as we went through the pro rata model and mm-hmm. what people are mad about, there's also this alternative that so many in the industry have touted as like a much better version of a distribution model, Mm -hmm. uh, this user-centric model, which instead of money from subscriptions going into that big pot or pie, the money from monthly subscriptions in Spotify would instead go to the artist that that specific user listens to. Yeah. So, and there is, I think, a blanket assumption that that is better. Yeah. It's a little bit more complicated. Than, right, right, than right. that. So the reason that the user-centric model, the reason that it is objectively better is because if there's a smaller artist whose fans, let's say, are giving their streams more attention or they're like getting streams, it, it is a more fair mm-hmm. slice of that royalty pie that ends up going to them. Sure. You know, but it gets a little bit more complicated because and we're going to have to get into this like later because those smaller artists had to like they had to license their songs to these like independent distributors. And so it's not it isn't as if a larger, a much, much larger amount is going to go directly to the artists. It's like a much, much larger amount is going to go to the independent distributors that these artists have licensed their 
music right. to and then you know once they've done all the things that they do then an artist is going to get like a nominally like larger amount so it's never as simple as we think no it's and not. also <laughs> um i'm kind of just explaining the user-centric model just to flesh out the whole context of, mm-hmm. of this discussion but really i want to get to these actual changes that we keep yeah referencing. Right, right, right. Because that's what we're here for, right? Yeah, let's get to it. So I'm going to go through three changes that Spotify is proposing and explain how it's different from, or not proposing, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. It's like in the works right this second and explain how it's different from what was in place for the entire history of Spotify. Yeah. So first, a song, a track will need to have a thousand streams every year minimum mm-hmm. before any royalties will pay. Yes. And that is different from before because as I, I think I already mentioned this, before every track was eligible for royalties mm-hmm. as long as 30 seconds were played. Correct. Yeah. We'll, we'll decide which is the biggest deal, but I think that is like the key. Of yeah, that, all that's of this. the main thing that people are the most upset about. Yeah. The second, Spotify is paying royalties for anything that they consider noise, non-music mm-hmm. noise, quote mm-hmm. unquote. So they will only pay royalties for those types of tracks after two minutes of play. Yeah. So again, that's different from what used to happen because any track at all mm-hmm. would pay after 30 seconds. Right. So that would affect like the rain sounds that people fall asleep to, yeah. for instance. Where each track, it's a continuous um, sound, but each track is like 31 seconds long and it's just like right. 100 tracks or something. Well, which is definitely, which is how those like producers of music or non-music mm-hmm. <laughs> like that were getting around the royalty issue. They yeah. would create 31 second tracks. Right. People would listen to huge playlists of it and mm-hmm. that is how they would get royalties. So right. I suppose, because um, I don't think Spotify is a eliminating rain noises or whatever no um no they're just they requiring will now make, them to uh, make longer tracks yeah so now they'll just be paid. two minutes mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh and then the third change at least that i'm aware of is that distributors and labels as well mm-hmm. will be charged a monetary penalty if there is any streaming fraud detected yeah before there was just no penalty for this again as yeah. far as i'm aware right i mean i presume there was some action taken if fraud was detected if it was detected but you know that's something that over the years they've had to sort of put things in place to try to catch those things right you know because it wasn't it wasn't something that in the old model you couldn't game the system like that when you were just like selling cds or something right you know or selling downloads like it just wasn't possible and so i don't i don't think that like the dsps like really prospected for like that to happen which you know for me it's kind of funny i'm not saying i mean modern problems require modern scams yeah exactly Uh That's what I like to hear. I don't know if we should get into this now, but what I what I do want to explain with the with the last two, with the like non music and the streaming yeah. fraud. The streaming fraud could literally just be like thirty one seconds of silence, sure, you know. And then they have like a bot or something that's like just generating streams on like thirty right, seconds, right, right. like a hundred tracks of thirty seconds, thirty one seconds of silence or something like that, right? Um, and you know what that causes is uh, it's called dilution, and what that means is that like there is already like a separate percentage or separate amount of royalties that are like allocated to music versus like non-music spoken word things like rain sounds like Mm -hmm. stuff like that but 
the non-music dilutes the the larger pool of like right. music royalties. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to cap the dilution for music royalties, which is, you know, if you if you are an independent artist and you're concerned about this and you think that it's evil, that's not something that I really think you should be particularly upset about. Sure. And you I know? think that I legitimately think from the little that I've read about this, mm-hmm. that it's not the fraud containment that people are pissed about. Yeah. But they think that perhaps the fraud part of these changes isn't necessarily either in good faith or sure. it's just not like, like ultimately it's just for the good of Spotify. And really yeah. the the key here is that um, royalties aren't paying until a thousand yeah. annual streams, which is actually, I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot to us, right? Like, or, right. or to me mm-hmm. <laughs> as like a mm-hmm. casual, ultimately a casual consumer. Yeah. Um, that seems like, well, shit, you know, a thousand streams, like most of the artists, even the indie artists we listen to clock way that. higher yeah. than that, right? right. Like even right. non-hits. So yeah. who cares? But the impact of this change is that something like what, two thirds of tracks on Spotify are effectively demonetized. Demonetized. Which is massive, but some much smaller per- percent of that is, you know, fraud. <laughs> yes. Right? Like this, a lot of this is actually legit. And I want to just very quickly note that one thing that is very obviously missing from this that I think a lot of people were, I don't think, realistically hoping for, but really wanted to see was mm-hmm. a switch. Like if they were going to see massive royalty distribution changes mm-hmm. to Spotify, they wanted to see a move towards a user-centric model. And I can see how indie artists are feeling like this is like a big middle finger to them. Totally, totally. Right? It would take some time and not just like as an immediate like reaction to changes that were already sure. in place to get these companies and get the bigger labels to be willing to kind of like capitulate to a user centric model, right. you know, because it's going to cut like, you know, 15, 15 maybe 20 percent of their revenues from streaming, which is like not I mean, it's like it's fine ultimately. But like that's the reason it's like you can't just get someone to agree to do a greedy person. You're not going to be able to get them to agree to do something like that right away. Right, right, um, right. I, you know, but the thing is that in the pro rata model as it currently is, which is what we're using, the thing that is like controversial Obviously, mm-hmm. the thing that people do need to understand and particularly like independent artists need to understand is that in the pro rata model, they're actually like not really entitled to royalties as much as they think they are, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like the subscription. So we're just going to say that the the subscription uh, fees that Spotify charges and those people that are paying in every month, that's essentially like a license, right? Mm-hmm. They're okay. like paying for a license for use, right? You know, it's not, this isn't like a one-to-one thing, right? But the subscription, they're paying for use. If someone is listening to other music more than yours, right? then your music is not being used. And so you're not entitled to the royalty pool, you know, and that's like, that's a harsh reality for a lot of people because they obviously they want to get paid. And I, I agree with them that they should get paid, but they should get paid like if their music is being used and, you know, a thousand streams per year is just not that much. Well, let me kind of like back up for a second because I want you to like go in further into sure. that, right? Yeah. But when I learned of these changes, I think when a lot of people learned of these changes, certainly when the indie artists themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> learned of these changes, I think the massive immediate reaction was this is fucking shitty, 
right? Yeah. And for the reason you just mentioned, but, you know, just a general sort of like, this is corporate greed. This yeah. is like the ultimate reverse Robin Hood situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just like prima facie bullshit. Yeah. Um, I think I want to, in the second part of this podcast, mm-hmm. talk more about like what we as listeners can do more to like support artists, right? Like we'll get to that later. Um, But I do want to talk more about what the reality is. And you you just started getting into this and I um, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to like (laughs) set the stage a little bit better. Um, What the reality is when you get past the initial shock for indie artists. Yeah. Because I don't think based on what you started telling me already that it's actually necessarily as bad as it initially seems. Yeah. So beyond what I mean, you you're you just provided a a relatively harsh reality. Yeah. But I know. It's like so but you know, setting the stage a little bit more. Yeah, you know, and I'm not I I don't I'm not saying that because I'm trying to like freak people out or make them feel worthless. You know, the reason that I'm saying that is because, you know, a lot of the conversation at least on the artist side has so much to do with the idea of getting royalties from your music, like legitimizing or delegitimizing your work, you know, and this is not actually a question of whether or not an artist is legitimate or not, or if their music is good, you know, it's like if their songs were used, then they should be paid for. And if they were not used, then they cannot be paid for. And like, I don't know if now is a good time to get into sort of like how these indie distributors kind of like get themselves into, into this argument too. I mean, if it makes sense to do it now, let's do it now. Yeah. So, you know, the first thing that I want to say is that I'm, as far as I'm aware, and I don't really know, but as far as I'm aware, if a track is getting like at least a thousand streams per year, it's not like they don't get any royalties for the first thousand streams. It just means that like they're eligible for royalties, like if they make a thousand streams or more per year. That's actually a good clarification. So like, let me make sure I'm understanding this correctly. Is it that the royalties come, but they don't pay out until the 1,000? Yeah, you just you don't get paid. Okay, you know, yeah, because that's it's actually like, really the, important. Yeah, to I understand. feel like that's a pretty important distinction that you know it isn't as if you know streams one through nine hundred ninety nine don't make any money. It's that you don't get paid for them until you get over a thousand. You know, I people's people's upset about this. A lot of it comes from just not knowing and just get feeling really reactionary and feeling like they're being punished just because they feel like they're always being punished and that they're always being taken advantage of. You know, and there's I'm not going to say that, that that is not a valid concern or fear to have, but it's important for independent artists to know how to how to distinguish how they're being taken advantage of. And that's that's the conversation that like I'm really trying to have. Okay. With like listeners and stuff is that you can't just don't just get upset about everything like (laughs) like learn learn how you're being used as like a pawn in this like weird cannibalistic like capitalist game. Right. You know, not all of these things are like Spotify's fault. There are other people. Right. 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 You know, but something that I do want to say is that online there are certain quote unquote indie music like guru bros who, you know, have made a living off of telling independent artists. And when I say independent, I mean like the most super amateur. Like dude picks up a guitar. Dude picks up a guitar. Like records it, puts it on Spotify. Ground level stuff, you know, and it's like we've got these like indie quote unquote indie music guru bros 
that have convinced people like that. And, you know, this is not shade like at all. Mm -hmm. Convince people who who are very inexperienced and very relatively unserious that the royalty pool is just money that is that is sitting unclaimed. It's just like a big giant like mountain of money that all you have to do is is claim it and it's yours. And that's just (laughs) like sounds like a pyramid scheme. Kind of. No, literally, (laughs) literally, it is like just blatantly not true. Right. You know, and it's so there are a lot of like very, very unserious, like very, very independent artists out here who who feel entitled to royalties because these like guru bros told them it's yours. You just have to claim it. But it's not that it's not that simple. So this is what this is making me think of. Part of why Spotify is doing this, right? Like forgetting the getting rid of fraud, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cause I think we're all on board with like not having AI generated for sure silence. Yeah. That is taking royalties away from any artist, even any if they're artist, huge, yeah. right? Okay. So let's say we're let's just assume we're all on board with that. Mm-hmm. But Spotify has also said that by making this change where Uh, royalties don't pay out until a thousand Mm -hmm. plays that Mm -hmm. by doing so they are also hoping to improve the overall quality Quality. of the music on the platform generally that's that's my understanding this is a tough one for me because i mean and i think that you can probably also sympathize with why this is kind of conflicting for me because you know the question of like what is quality what is quality is like right. what listeners want to listen to, right? Sure. And, it's, and it is really as simple as that. It's not about like a certain production quality or a certain type of song or genre or music. The question of quality is like, what are listeners listening to and what do they like? Well, right. And so, you know, to say like to to throw quality into it, like I do think that that is actually like a pretty valid argument in terms of an artist's entitlement to these payouts. Because the fact is that if you have a release that is up on Spotify and your tracks are generating less than a thousand streams per year, Mm -hmm. that means that you are not working and your songs are not working. Right. Right. That's where I'm going with this. Yeah. So where I was drawing the connection to is we we talked about a couple of weeks ago about how one of the reasons why it is so difficult to find new music these days is the mm-hmm. absolute mass yeah. of accessibility for uh, music creators to yeah. be able to platform their music yeah, to get exactly. their music up with with no well with incredibly minimal effort compared to how it was yeah. before streaming right right and right. by potentially by making these changes spotify is making that bar just a little harder mm-hmm. and maybe that's good i don't <laughs> to some i degree. do not think i don't think that it is bad I don't think it's bad because there are always going to be other places for people whose work is like underdone. Yep. To have their music available. Right. You know, and and like I was saying before, people who are in in that situation, they really don't need to have their music on streaming platforms. And I know that that is like a very harsh thing to right. say, but you know, they don't need to be there. You know, yep. or it's like they can they can be there. I shouldn't I shouldn't say that they can they can be there. But like, but with this ex- caveat, with not expecting yeah, royalties, with, that's it. With not expecting royalties, that's all. exactly, exactly. Yeah, because you know the thing is that you know, like you're saying, the just the vol the sheer volume of content that we're expected to relate to and have in our lives now versus many many 
not even many, many, like a few years ago yeah. is just exponentially larger. And, you know, there's, there's no, <laughs> I don't think that it really gives a lot of listeners like a ton of value. Mm -hmm. And so in that regard, like, I do think that it's better for more serious people to be kind of rewarded uh, financially. Rewarded <laughs> for, yeah. I mean, I think just yeah. more serious people, you know, and this is like not a, this is not a, a, a conversation about legitimacy or like yeah, whether right. or not something is good, but it's like, if you're serious about your music, then you know that you have to create context for your music mm -hmm. because people, listeners, they need to know that that is for them. Right. And you have to be willing to communicate to them that like your music is for them, you know, right. and that's like, that is the distinction. It has nothing to do with like fidelity and, you know, songwriting ability because like anybody could be into anything, you know, right. Spotify itself has made like 10,000 different fucking genres of music. You <laughs> right. Know? So it's like, it's not, that's, that's not, that isn't the question. It's about whether or not the artists and the songs are are working to create context so that listeners know that it's for them rather than it's just there. And what artists, I think what they need to understand, and this goes for, you know, established indie artists and like very new people, what they need to understand is that unless that's done, there should be no expectation or entitlement to anything. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, a, you know? I think that is a really, really harsh truth. It is a harsh truth. And I think, again, we will we will save the sort of like, well, what exactly can the artists do? What can, what can do? Spotify do? What can listeners yeah. do for part yeah. two? And I guess I will, I will sort of like hint at it by saying that a big part of the pushback from artists is like, well, now we have to be the one man, you know, everything I, like this didn't yeah. exist before streaming yeah. and that totally. and that is also harsh and like is that legit but again we can bookmark that one thing that i wanted to talk about mm -hmm. that i thought was interesting and you you touched on this too like in the world of streaming and like an overwhelming amount of music and like discovery of new music like the way that this stuff gets pushed now is mm -hmm. algorithmically yeah um and we were reading an article as we prepped for this by uh one of the members of Galaxy 500, which is a band mm -hmm. I haven't thought about in a really long time. So that was really interesting. And we read also, or I, based on that, like kind of poked a little bit around more mm -hmm. um, and noticed uh, also an article about pavement uh, talking about this too, like how Spotify now, because of their algorithmic recommendation, what's happening is that unlike traditional radio and like how bands release singles and the singles are the ones that do best and those are right. go on the charts and those mm -hmm. are the hits and like it's kind of expected. This is sort of like converse to the underplayed stuff by yeah. artists. Anything can be a quote unquote hit. It's not what sure. we expect. <laughs> yeah. And so suddenly, like this random deep cut B side of pavements is like their number one Spotify uh, hit. Yeah. So like the kids like have no idea that like, I mean, I'm just making this up. I didn't dig mm -hmm. deeply into the like cut your hair or whatever is like sure. their biggest song. They think it's like this random side yeah uh, they have no yeah. clue um and it's because spotify just algorithmically recommends stuff to people based on yeah. what they listen to and like the vibe or whatever i don't know how these things work and the article we were t uh, that we read was saying like so now based on this new royalty changes i this like mid-range artist have stuff with 
massive listens, like mm-hmm. unexpected stuff versus yeah. stuff with almost no listens. Like how yeah. should I do, what should I do? Should I take, cause now I have like essentially royalty free music versus mm-hmm. my hits. Should yeah. I take my stuff that's not listened to off of Spotify and just leave the stuff that's like how, what do, I mean, <laughs> like, which I think is, I don't know that part of that part of that article. Like I, I understand kind of what he's trying to say, but it really fucking annoyed Mm. me. Like there's just something that's so like childish about that, you know? And, and the thing is that to propose it like that, you know, it is exactly what it looks like, you know, where it's just like the artist only wants their songs that are like generating royalties to be Available. available on these platforms, you know? And it's like optically, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, you know, <laughs> like I just it, it it sounds really childish and like shitty and kind of like kind of pointless. Also, because like you said, because of the algorithm and also just because there are so many different ways for a song to create context these days, yes. you know, where we're not dependent on radio or not dependent on like MTV or music videos or things like that. You know, there are a lot of different ways for for music to find the right context now. And I struggle to see how that's bad. I, it's not it isn't bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. But for that reason, you know, it. I can understand the question, but there's no reason to try to necessarily prospect because that's such an old school way of, of mm-hmm. thinking about this stuff where it's just like you're trying to prospect like what, you know, in the music industry, what people consider like dummies are going to like. Right. You know, like people who have like who are just like herd brain people, like <laughs> what the most people are going to listen to, right. you know, and it's like that's not really context matters so much more than palatable structure now. That's very true. So, you know, in that in that regard, I think it's a fucking childish thing to like be whining about and like actually writing about and having people read because I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But if you wanted to give give these uh, DSPs a reason to adopt a user centric model. Yeah. It wouldn't be a bad thing for some of these like legacy indie artists. We'll just use them as an example yep. to almost treat it like radio or like MTV, where it's like you have your you have your heavy hitters on the streaming platforms, and then you then you're able to kind of like funnel listeners to either another streaming platform that has better you know better UI and better terms or whatever. Yep. You either do that or you or you're able to kind of like funnel them into something else where they're like buying buying the whole record. Right. And it's not it's not an impossible thing to do. But the thing is that like most people really don't have the balls to ever commit to doing something like that. (laughs) You know, they're just complaining. People love complaining. We love complaining. complaining. That's why we're here. That's why I started a goddamn (laughs) podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in that in that regard, I can see how how it kind of makes sense if you had if you had another place to kind of like funnel people, if you had another place for them to go, if you had a reason other than just like being petulant. Yeah. You know, I feel like this article like proposing it, it was just like pure petulance. Like, well, you can't have this. Right. Like if you know you're doing it this way, then you can't have my stuff anyway. You can't have my stuff anyway. Yeah. And it's like and maybe I am speaking directly to the author of this article. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? doing to create context for your music then what are you right. doing probably complaining right on your substack and on twitter right. you know right that's not context for music you know so the problem isn't uh necessarily that they're not getting paid the problem is that people aren't listening mm-hmm. And which will allow them to be paid. Which will allow them to be paid, you know? And so it's just like, I'm not trying to sound like fucking like boomer or like, <laughs> you know, or like, uh, you know, rise and grind dude or anything. Right. 
I mean this like sincerely. I mean this with compassion and understanding, right. but like also just like a harsh reality. You need to fucking work somehow. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it isn't even hard stuff. It's just like, I mean, I get it, Kim K. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these legacy indie artists, like, wh- where's your sync agent? Get a fucking sync agent or get somebody on your team, like, work with someone, work with a social media right. manager. Times are changing. You know? Times are changing and like you need to be you need to be able to be nimble in that way because like I said, context matters more than palatability. Which now. is really interesting actually. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is like get the right people on your team to do that. You don't have to do as much work as you think you have right. to. But like the real issue comes down to the people who are complaining the most are the people who are actually themselves working the least. It's not a matter <laughs> of it's not a matter of whether or not the opportunities as are as time. <laughs> I know. And it sounds it sounds <laughs> fucked up. And I'm not trying, I don't mean this in like, I'm not saying like, you know, we live in a meritocracy and I'm not trying to sound like a boomer. Right. But, but like, th- but the fact is, is that well, like, you can't expect, you can't literally expect to just do nothing and get rich and famous. Right. Or to either. stay, even or stay, stay rich and famous. Like you have to be willing to kind of like put all of these pieces together and understand what your, what your role is in making a living off of making art, you know, right. because like I was saying, like just making a recording itself doesn't entitle you to anything. Right, right, right. Uh, one thing that I do want to say before I just like piss everybody off is that I do understand like I, I'm a musician and that's where I started before I started doing like the boring administrative shit. And so like I, I'm not saying that making records is not hard and that it's not work. Yeah, of course. You know? But my thing is that for a lot of artists like in their mind like everything kind of like stops there once the record is done. That's where they feel done. And that's that does not finish the work and it doesn't bring everything full circle the way that really they intend for it to or they they want it to. But I understand that like being so focused on getting everything right and on quality and getting everything to sound the way that you want it to and writing the songs. Like I know that all of that stuff has worked. So I just wanted to right, say right, right, that right. so that people understand that I'm not saying that like <laughs> Being a musician is not a real job because I absolutely think that it is. Yeah, I don't think this like invalidates any of that, or at least that is definitely no. not our intent at no, that's all. No, yeah, that's definitely not my intent. So I just wanted to make that clear. Yeah. yeah. So we have definitely started in <laughs> on all the stuff I want to talk about in part two. But I think this is a good time to segue because ultimately what I think we're getting at is like, all right, Spotify is huge. It's a behemoth. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. the biggest, most widely used streaming service. And like you Mm -hmm. said, like people don't have the balls, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to Mm -hmm. effectuate, you know, to be the change they want to see in the world. (laughs) Like it's not (laughs) like, remember what happened when Pearl Jam like went against Ticketmaster? Like it's just not going to work. So let's be realistic. And next time we're going to talk about like, well, if Spotify is not going to budge on Mm -hmm. going away. (laughs) Yeah. How do uh, or let's talk about artists first. We'll we'll go in Mm -hmm. a little bit further on what we started talking about. You started talking about now Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) about how artists can adapt, um, how indie distributors can adapt, how listeners which you all start also start talking about can right. adapt if they hate spotify but like also are gonna leave because like what else are you gonna do um mm-hmm. or like if you do want to <laughs> leave but sure but also yeah. how can we better support artists and then like maybe what 
because we do love complaining, um, what Spotify can do instead of going away. Does that yeah. sound good? Totally. Awesome. Yep. All yep. right. Well, then, bye for now, teacups. Bye for now, teacups. And we'll keep this going next week. Yep. Bye. Bye. Wait, is that the end? That's the end, Sally. It's time to say goodbye. Oh, but Gabby, I'm bad at goodbyes. That's not true. Besides, we'll be back. When? I don't know. Eventually. Like, in two weeks. What if the teacups need to talk to us? Then they can write to us at teacupdemagogues at gmail.com. Or we could give them your phone number. Nope. So nope. Nope. Six, six, nope. six, four, nope. 20, 69. <laughs>